0: Hey guys, welcome back to a- another episode. Um, I am here with Toby. Uh, Toby has succeeded quite a bit in life which he'll speak upon and different challenges that he's encountered throughout his life. Um, one of them being uh, cancer. Mm-hmm. And on Christmas Eve, about a year and a half ago, you've received devastating news that you had uh, stage for cancer. Correct. Could you share some thoughts about how you took that uh, how you coped with it?
1: Yeah, I mean it was it was really like you said it was like Christmas a Christmas Eve. I can't remember exactly the day, but I was at work. You know, I work a lot. Um, I do construction during the day, and then I teach martial arts and um, fitness at night. Um, sometimes I teach classes in the mornings as well. But um, you know, being at work and you know getting a phone call and I'm alone at work looking out over the city and the snow's coming down and just, you know, and my biggest fear, my biggest issue with with the news was, you know, talking to my fiance about it and she was now my wife. But at the time it was like, you know, she was, she's always been very scared of, you know, something happening to me, you know, because she's had some tragedies in her life and she's had to live through that. And um, so she's very, um, So I was really worried about that. That was my biggest worry was, you know, coming home and telling her the news after being at work. And um, yeah, it was, it was pretty devastating and devastating for the whole family and uh, for my friends. I've got a really huge support network um, through the gym and through work, even my my construction work, you know, I've got a really good, I've made a lot of really good friends and they're more like family now. And um, so I've had, I had a lot of People backing me up and I know when I think about these things I think about the people that don't have the support that I have I see people in the hospital all the time that come in by themselves to do their chemo and I've always got my mother-in-law driving me there and my wife sitting beside me through the entire process of the chemo um, and stuff like that and I see people that that aren't that don't have that but you know that support network is not something that came by accident I spent years you know uh, when I first moved to Maple Ridge I didn't know a single person here and um, it was you know a desire for me to 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 find a community and find a place here in this in this town and uh, it's a pretty insular kind of town there's a lot of um, really close-knit kinda of groups and stuff like that and uh, it, was, it was hard to break into it but the gym really helped me with that I started the first gym um, and I called it um, Raptor Athletic Club and then Raptor Fight Club and you know we had a lot of fighters and we had a lot of you know families that would come in and the kids would do some kickboxing and do some uh, fitness and stuff like that and the, the wives and and the and then a lot of the guys were starting to get into actually fighting and and then some of the girls started getting into it especially when um, you know Ronda Rousey came around and started um, getting MMA into uh, or getting women into MMA so and like my relationships really grew with these people like Logan sitting here with me right now one of the one of the kids basically that you know started with me and now he's got a couple kids of his own Um, you know um, I've got so many of my students that have grown up in my classes that started out as you know students that were were kids high school age kids or even younger and now they're they grown up and they have kids and stuff like that. So the that community backed me up with, with all of that. And I have them at my back all the time. I always feel it. And that community is, is something that you, anybody can cultivate a community. Um, but you have to do it. You have to actively work on that. It's really, really important to have those people at your back. Um, and that, that has really helped me to get through. You know, I've done 20 or 23 chemo sessions now, the 25 radiation sessions. I've had major li- liver resection surgery, and I'm still going strong. And I'm still like fighting it. And I still go out like we're going to um, up the coast, go camping this week, you know, and stuff like that. I'm still just doing my life, and it, it's it's hard. It's, I'm not going to say it's easy, but you know, I feel like I have the backing of my my wife, my my mother-in-law. I have the backing of my friends, which are, you know, closer to family than anything.
0: I imagine you walk into the center, and how do these chemo sessions work for those who don't know, and what do they do to your body?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, you walk in, you have your appointment, you go sit in a chair, and the nurses come over. And the nurses are absolutely, absolutely amazing. Like, they're absolutely, I can't say enough about the care that I get in the hospital. I go to Abbotsford uh, Regional Hospital and uh, it's a a big cancer center there Um, so you walk in you sit in a chair uh, they ask you a bunch of questions about like how you're feeling how you're doing now like any any uh, side effects that they need to know about and all that kind of stuff and then they uh, I have a port which is like a basically it's like a, a port that goes you can see it here it goes directly into my heart so they don't have to stick me with needles all the time they put a needle in the port thing and it stays in there and I do so I have three chemicals that they give me plus two bags of, um, of saline solution, which these chemicals have a lot of different side effects. One of them is excessive drooling and my eyes water and my nose runs, all kind of stuff. Um, different things like, you know, and it's TMI, but constipation, all that kind of stuff. And then I get this bottle here, which I wear for 48 hours. So. The chemical in this one is so harsh that if they gave it to you in the same day if you gave it all in one day it would kill you there's no wow. way you could survive it. so they they put this drip thing on me and i wear this thing for 48 hours and it drips out and you can see the bottle obviously not on the podcast you're not going to to see it but you guys can see it mm-hmm. and it's almost empty now it's been almost 48 hours since i i got this uh put on but i have to wear that for 48 hours and it makes me really sick it makes me feel like i'm dying it just feels horrible i can't really do much i have no energy um if i do anything i feel my heart rate goes so high that that i feel like i'm gonna have a heart attack i've had i've gone to the hospital a couple times worrying about having a heart attack uh, with the feeling that i get from this drug and uh they did full heart scans on me and they said you're healthy you know your heart is like a 20 year olds you're you're fine there's nothing to worry about Uh, just take it easy just don't like don't overdo it Mm-hmm. but yeah, so it's it's and I see a lot of people going through different things you know i i, I sat behind in the chairs behind this one woman and and uh, she looked like like hell like she looked really sick, she looked like she'd lost a lot of weight, she had no hair, no eyebrows, no eyelashes, and she turned around to me and she said um oh um i I think she thought I was kind of new to the you know I still have my hair and stuff like that. And she asked me, Oh, how many sessions have you done? And I said, uh, I'm at, um, at the time I think I was at 15 sessions. She's she looked at me with these big wide eyes. She says, Oh my gosh, really 15 sessions. And I said, how many have you done? She says, I've done two. And she looked like, like, you know, so there's people that have, that are going through this, that are going through, it seems like a lot worse than I am. So I, I don't feel like I have anything to complain about. Um, And I have, like I said, I have a great support network, so,
0: yeah. Most people would not survive half the amount of treatment uh, you've gone through. Yeah. Where are you getting your strength from uh, to continue with these treatment sessions, and how does it affect your body each time you go through one of these sessions?
1: Well, each session I get a little bit sicker, I get a little bit more. The side effects are a little worse, um, and I do get... Like, my, my hemoglobin is really low, so, you know, walking up a set of stairs, even a week after my chemo, I still get out of breath quite easily. Um, one of the things that I'm doing is I stay ketogenic and I do a bit of intermittent fasting. A lot of it is just because of the way I feel. Like, I don't feel yeah. like eating certain things. But a lot of it also is the knowledge that, you know, the ketogenic diet, you know, does help to target a lot of your... Um, uh, chemotherapy into the ca- actual cancer cells into the tumors rather than going into your into your muscle cells and your bones and all that kind of stuff because uh, cancer prefers to eat sugar as a, as a substrate and um, when you're when you're not eating any sugar uh, the the cancer drugs have sugar in them so the the um, if you're not eating sugar mm-hmm. the cancer cells will tend to take up more of the chemo drugs because they they see the sugar the cancer cells you know feel the sugar or whatever and they take that in as nutrients and they, they don't realize that they're taking in these chemicals that are going to kill them so I find the side effects a lot better when I'm intermittent fasting and doing ketogenic diet during my, my chemo days uh, so that helps a lot again I said earlier that, you know my my support you know from my community and stuff is extremely you know boistering to my attitude and to and all that sort of thing and then staying active and trying to do as much exercise as you can possibly do uh, obviously like that's really quite limited but I still try to do as much you know paddle boarding and and hiking and getting out in the fresh air and just doing as much as my body will allow me to do
0: Speaking of exercising, you've done kickboxing for a long time, and your love for it is over the top. Um, I know that you've practiced kickboxing with Bruce Lee's cousin, Han Lee. Mm -hmm. Uh, Could you tell us a little bit about Han Lee, who he is as a person, and what important lessons, life lessons has he taught you through training? Oh my god. I can't
1: believe. I mean, he was like a father to me. Uh, He was to a lot of uh, the students, and I was with him for a long time. He he grew up in China. Oh, no, no, sorry I'm sorry. He grew up in in Hawaii. And he used to get picked on a lot. His dad was from China. And you know, he got picked on a lot by the the bigger, you know, Hawaiian uh, people. And you know, he was a small little guy. And um, so he he was approaching his father asking him like, you know, can you teach me some kung fu? And his dad's like, "Oh, you're you're not you're you're too American. I don't want to teach you kung fu like, you know, uh, you don't respect uh, your culture and you don't respect the, the martial art. So um, Han went and you know kind of rebelled and went and started taking karate, which is, you know, if you're Chinese, you know, and your son is taking karate, it's kind of an insult, um, in a way. Um, but he did the the karate and he started getting pretty good at it. And he went and challenged his dad one day. And he's like, Dad, you know, like I want to show you what I've learned in karate. And and his dad's like, Yeah, whatever. And um, so they did a little sparring, and his dad kicked his butt big time. And uh, he's like, "Dad, why won't you just teach me the kung fu? Like, I'm Chinese. I want to learn my martial art from my my country, from my mm-hmm. my um, you know, from my my people. You know." And his dad's like, "Okay, fine. Like, it, you're showing me that you have initiative and that you you want to work hard at it. So, I'll teach you." So he started teaching Han kung fu, and Han got really good at it and really dedicated a lot of his time to it. And um, his dad says, Look, if you want to really learn Gong Fu, you have to go to China. So he sent him to China, brought him there, and he um, set him up in a, in a temple. It was a Choi Li Fat system of Kung Fu. And uh, he trained there for 16 years and basically did all his schooling through the through the temple. So, like, you know, he did his English classes and his mathematics and his whatever, all his classes. But in the morning, they would do Kung Fu. And at, at noon, they would do Kung Fu. At night, they would do Kung Fu. And so, like, you know, he was, like, steeped, steeped into this, uh, world of, of fighting and learning the fighting arts. And then he went to, um, with his friends, they would go out on the weekends and they would, uh, go and watch, um, you know, shows and stuff in town. And, uh, so he was sitting there and they were watching some fights. There were some, um, you know, like these kind of, they would set up a, a little boxing ring and they would have these little, little fights. And, um... The winner of the fight would challenge somebody from the audience, or somebody from the audience would challenge the winner, and then they would go on from there. So Han got up to go and get some rice uh, for a little snack, and he came back to his seat, and uh, he didn't realize that he'd kicked off his shoes and he was you know walking around barefoot. And one of his one of his fellow students threw his shoe into the into the boxing ring, which was a challenge. So the, the the winner of the fight comes out and he says, "Whose shoe is this?" And Han's like, "Oh, that's my shoe." He's like, "Oh, so you want to fight me?" So he's like. <laughs> Uh, I didn't I didn't throw the shoe get in here So they they sent him in the ring and he went in and he beat the guy the the winner of this this fight at the end of the fight The guy the the referee came up and, and handed him a hat full of money and he's like oh my god I made money doing this like Okay, that's cool And then he started doing this every weekend going there and getting doing these fights and making some money And then somebody approached him one day and said look if you really want to learn how to fight You got to go to Thailand and learn how to fight properly he says, like, the gongfu is, is cool and, and all that kind of stuff, and it's a great martial art. But, you know, if you want to learn how to ring fight, to fight in the ring against a guy, you know, uh, you got to learn Muay Thai. So he went to Thailand and he started training in Thai, Thai fighting. He did 109 fights and he lost two, wow. of, two of those fights in Thailand. And then he um, he moved to America and he took his winnings and, and he's like, you know, he really admired. Um, uh, Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier. So he actually went and trained with Eddie Futch and Angelo Dundee uh, and learned American, North American boxing from those guys, right? From like the, the masters of North American boxing at the time, right? And uh, he became really good at that. So he, his style when he would teach uh, kickboxing was more of a um, kind of a European style kickboxing. So there was Muay Thai, but it was mixed up with a lot of North American boxing. Uh, which really kind of um, made it hard for the, the Thais because they, they didn't use a lot of hands at the time. They didn't use a lot of head head movement and stuff like that. So uh, guys like Mike Zambides and those kind of, you know, um, those European fighters, they would get in there and they would, they would beat these Thai guys that were like top of their class because of the the boxing. And then the, now the Thais are getting more into boxing. They're learning more of the boxing stuff and applying it to adding it to their their skills like they're they're amazing amazing fighters anyway but yeah so that was that was Han Lee you know and on top of that like I would show up for classes three hours early and I would sit there and he would give me you know lessons in life tell me about you know like oh you know like you're you're too shy Toby you need to get up there and he was the one that you know said that you know push me in front of a class of 50 students I was mortified I was terrified I was horrified like you know I have to get in front of these people and teach a class and like and he that he just like got me up there and got me, and got me teaching and got me teaching and got me teaching and I slowly came out of my shyness I was painfully shy at the time Like I was so shy I couldn't talk to girls I couldn't even talk to you know my friends like I was just I was just so shy and so introverted and he really kind of pushed me out of that and then you know and that translated into me opening up a gym in Maple Ridge and you Know wanting to share the knowledge that I had learned from Han, um, and um, yeah, and and uh, you know, I, I kind of took a lot of notes and I, I studied really hard with Han, and uh, I came up with, with my own kind of system, which was basically like his teachings but done in 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 like a you know, kind of an, in a bit of an order. I had to it so that I would teach people this stuff, and then I would move on to this lesson, and into this lesson, and to this lesson, um, so they would learn all the fundamentals, and they would master the fundamentals, and move on from there into these, uh, into these, you know, more and more technique, and more and more stuff. But it, it all came from Han. Like I, I, didn't make this stuff up. I didn't, you know, it came from all of his learning from from kung fu to Thai Thai boxing to North American boxing.
0: You spoke about you being an introvert and humbly mm-hmm. helping you get out of that. Oh yeah. For those students who are introverts and have a hard time getting out of their shell, opening up to different things in life. What advice would you give to them? Well, they're,
1: they're already taking the first step getting into like going into a martial arts club. It's very unnerving. It doesn't matter who you are. Like I get you know people coming into the gym and, and they're they're so nervous. They're worried that some big guy is going to beat the crap out of them in the first boxing class or they're worried about it. and then when they get in there and they realize that this is a community of people and they're all there to help you and and these guys that, that have been training and fighting and, and in the ring a lot and stuff like that, that that you're you're worried about, like, Oh my god, that guy's big and he's strong and he's got tattoos and all that kind of stuff and then they turn out to be your best buddy and they're like they're guiding you through and they're helping you and stuff like that. So getting into the gym is the first step. Uh, you're already creating that community for yourself. You're already learning. You're learning things. and You're making friends. You're developing your confidence uh, Martial arts is fantastic for that. It doesn't even if you don't care about martial arts, even if you don't want to be a fighter It's a really good thing. I've, I've seen, you know, especially Particularly women who come in in there, you know, there's a school teacher and they're, you know, they've they've they're They're just not feeling confident about themselves and they're they're terrified when they first come into the class and the next thing you know like they're, they're sparring with people They're They're sparring with like like professional fighters in the in, in the ring and stuff And they're getting punched once in a while and stuff like that, but the, their confidence level has gone up dramatically um, and the other thing is you know putting yourself out there like I I Needed Han to 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 have to to because I was so painfully shy I needed that that push to get in front of the class and to teach those teach those classes, and I was so terrified, uh, my stage fright and everything else. After a while, that stage fright went away, you know. And when you're getting in the ring, like you got the the you got stage fright plus you have you have the fright of, you know, getting in the ring with a guy that wants to tear your head off. <laughs> right. So you're you know you kind of get over your stage fright pretty quickly <laughs> doing that, you know. So doing a couple tournaments, uh, tournaments are great because you're you're pretty safe in a tournament. Uh, scenario if like you're not really getting the kick crapped out of you crap kicked out of you uh, But at the same time you are under pressure You do have people watching you there might be six other fights happening at the same time So it's not the same as getting in front of you know A thousand people by yourself in the ring with another guy that wants to tear your head off But but it's a first step, you know, it's a good step the tournaments are great I see people their confidence like their confidence level rise dramatically uh, competing in some tournaments. So yeah, that's maybe my advice for
0: that. Many years ago you had a close friend who you decided to go into business with. Mm -hmm. Um, For those students who are thinking about going into a business with their close friends, most often doesn't end up working out. Mm -hmm. What advice could you give to students who are willing to go down that path and try to open up a business or start something with their friends?
1: Yeah, it's it is difficult and it is it can like um throw a rift into a relationship and stuff like that making sure that that all your bases are covered all your you know dot their i's cross the t's all that kind of stuff when it comes to the legal portions of things and uh, like you know how the partnership's going to work um how the you know the profits are divided how the how the profits are you know what profits are going back into the business um you know um all that kind of stuff because you don't want to find that stuff out halfway through you know working with a person and the person that i worked with you know we were best friends and we were, we were really close um and everything i mean everything was great like everything worked out fine uh until he decided to go to school and then he basically like stepped out of the out of the partnership and stuff like that and i found it really hard after that to to keep the business going because it was at least a two person show a two person business. Like you, you, I needed somebody doing sales and picking up furniture. I was doing a furniture shop and stuff at the time. And, um, you know, like just like doing it on my own just was not, not working for me. Um, which is unfortunate, but at the same time I learned, I learned a lot. Uh, I learned a lot about business. All the businesses that I've you know, the the gym and everything else that I've done and my construction business and all that. I've learned so much and like I knew nothing. You know, I knew nothing and you know, working through the the bugs and stuff as I went was was the best schooling that I could possibly get. Like going to business school is one thing, but like getting into a business and and learning the ups and downs and and what works and what doesn't work, um, is in my opinion like the 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 best education that you can possibly get in
0: business (laughs) real-life experiences also add a lot um i know when you were in your 20s and 30s you had a pit bull named mojo yeah and there are many other people who when they're stressed or um, have anxiety they use their pets for comfort Mm -hmm. what lessons did your pet mojo and Uh, give you and what have you learned from because you guys were really really close um, I was told so how did you what 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 lessons did you take away from you know having someone close like that
1: well again she was you know at the time I was very introverted and um, um, you know like she was she was like my support animal my my best friend you know like we did everything together we you know camping and hiking and you know uh, canoeing and you know she was always with me all the time and and like and and when I had the business at home you know from from my home um I had a big shop and stuff like that and she just hung out with me the entire day that we were working like that I was working and um and and you know so I mean it it taught me the the um like the importance of that you know like I have a I like my last dog passed away as well not that long ago and um you know i have a cat now and you know the cat is like the cat lies with me all the time when i'm feeling crappy from chemo and stuff like that and he's always there with me and like we hang out all the time and stuff like that and but it's taught me that the, the uh really importance of you know animals to me are extremely important uh, if you can't have an animal or if you don't if you're not into having animals as pets um like having those those people around you that community and that support and feeling the love from people that, that you know, that want to see you get better, that want to see you succeed in your, if you're doing business or whatever. Uh, those positive people, you know, here's an example. You could have, you can make 10 friends. You can go to a, a pub or you can go to a club or join a, you know, a, a sport or something like that. And you can meet 10 people. And out of those 10 people, maybe one of them can become like a really close personal friend that's that's really important to you and um you know pets pets are a lot easier because they're they i've never met a bad pet like i've never if you never see a dog that's like a shitty person right. or the, 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 you know they don't want to be around the dogs are always great and cats are always you know they're the cats are cats right but with people um finding those support people and those those people that are going to be loyal, like uh, like that dog and going to be, you know, um, happy to see you and happy, you know, like that, that really care about you is extremely important when you're going through anything. You can be going through cancer. You could be going through opening up a business and trying to succeed and those positive, helpful, caring people and the, and your pets and stuff like that are really important. Um, but also it taught me a lot about loss and about grief. You know, I had lost, you know, grandparents and and stuff that I wasn't really that close to. I had lost, you know, um, at the time, like my, my brother died around that time. But again, I wasn't very close to him, you know. So but this this was like a loss that was absolutely devastating. And it taught me a lot about how to lose somebody, how to lose, you know, somebody or something that you care about so much. And that has been there with you through all these things, and and seen you through all of this, these changes and all this uh, progression of your life, and for them to be gone and how, how freaking devastating it is, but but learning a lot about how to grieve and how to how to have that grief and live with it and get through it.
0: Having mentors is a really important thing for anyone who wants to succeed or get above where they are now Mm -hmm. who were your mentors I bet Han Lee was a great mentor for you but Mm -hmm. were there any other mentors that pushed you into the direction that you wanted to go or pushed you in a into a direction that they wanted you to go
1: well frankly I find them all along the path like they're they're everywhere they're they're not that hard to find if your eyes are open Um, you'll be you know you'll be working with somebody or like as an as a great example like one of my students Brendan you know like he was um, just a guy that came in off the street and like wanted to learn how to fight. And I got him some fights, and he did really well. He's extremely strong. He's the the most jacked Asian guy I've ever seen in my life. A uh, very strong guy, uh, but also like I recognize in him like a lot of just really good sensibility, um, really intelligent, very um, business savvy. He was running a couple businesses before. Um, before all this happened but uh, at one point I was struggling so much with my business uh, paying mortgage raising three three little kids uh, just trying to trying to live and I was trying to run the gym at the same time and I had no help I was by myself like running this gym it was really difficult and um, Brendan approached me one day and he says look I really care about this gym I really want this gym to to continue um, so I'm willing to, to, to buy you out of the gym and we'll just keep it going the way, the way it's going and we'll, we'll, we'll build it and we'll expand on it. He says, I guarantee you, like, this gym will be ten times the size in a few years. And he was absolutely right. Like, he, he had a better business sense than, than I did. Uh, much more strict, much, you know, charging higher rates, like, which I should have been doing from the beginning. Um, All these kinds of things, and like he saw the worth in the gym, and the worth in the community that the gym was building, and he expanded on that tremendously. And the gym now, uh, it's gone through a couple transitions, but now it's just massive. It's just like a massive gym. Like there's not, he has three giant uh, bays in a giant warehouse, and there's not enough room for the students. There's just there's just not enough. There's not enough classes in the day. There's not enough room for the students, and. and, and he built that from the from the beginning of the of the Raptor Club that we had originally, and uh, it's just now a massive massive gym, you know. So like I said, you you meet these people on the way along your path, you know, and you got to recognize them. You got to latch onto them, find them, get the the whether whether it's spiritual advice, whether it's emotional advice, whether it's um, whether it's business advice. You find these people along your path, and you just, you gotta like recognize that that's the person that's, you know, I need that that mentor. I need that mentor in this section of my life. He might not be, you know, a father figure. He might not be like whatever other capacity, but in this in this capacity, in this certain area of your life, this is the person that you need at that moment. And you will find them. Um, but you, you won't find them if your eyes aren't open if you're not looking.
0: What was the exact reason why you decided to go into kickboxing? Was it because you were picked on in school, you wanted to defend yourself? Or was there some other reason?
1: Uh, it was a long story, but you know, I went through some bad stuff in, in my schooling and, and that sort of thing. we um, will put it this way, the school that I went to, the one school that I went to, the bad one, uh, it's been closed down now by the students, by my fellow students. They sued the pants off of the school and had it shut down. Wow. So I went through a lot of stuff, and and when I came out of that school, I felt really small, I felt really insignificant, I felt really, um, you know, like I had to find my own agency, find my own personality, find my own strength. And um, so I, I, you know, I was already into martial arts at the time, I was already doing boxing with my brother, and um, doing little, small little fights and stuff like that, Um, and I was, you know, I wanted to do karate and kickboxing and taekwondo. I did all that stuff. I did gongfu. I did a whole bunch of you know. I did Filipino stick fighting, arnis. I did a lot of different martial arts. You know, searching for the martial art that, and I kept going back to kickboxing. Kept going back to boxing. And then, and then it was you know like I, I was literally looking through the phone book like kickboxing in Richmond. You know, where I was living at the time, and I found Han Lee's name. And the gym at the time was called Richmond Gongfu. So I was like, well, a gongfu place, like I don't really want to learn Kung Fu, I want to learn kickboxing, but they had kickboxing there and I went there and like you know, the rest is history when it comes to comes to that, but you know, through my whole life I've been searching for that, you know, trying to find that strength, trying to find the the courage, trying to find the you know, the stuff that comes from taking martial arts and that confidence and so on.
0: Could you share an interesting story where you had to use your uh, skills to either defend yourself <laughs> okay, or this, help Okay, this is a good else? story,
1: and it involves somebody you know very well. We were driving through town, we were driving downtown, and uh, this guy cut us off in a BMW, and, um, and this person <laughs> honked at him, and uh, the guy took offense to us honking at him, and the, the, my friend was driving i was in the passenger seat and the guy pulled in front of us and like basically cut us off so so we couldn't go anywhere Mm -hmm. and then in the middle of an intersection too right in vancouver which is like crazy driving place and uh he he gets out of the car and he's big like he's he's kind of shorter but he's really jacked you know and he comes out my friend who's the driver and he was going to beat the crap out of him i was like oh my god like my friend wasn't a fighter and he was like you know, like, screw you, you know, and, and that kind of stuff. And, and this guy was, like, going to kill him, like, just coming at him with guns blazing, you know, like, kind of one of these guys is really stalking. He's, like, leaning forward as he walks, you know, and I uh-huh. thought, oh, my God, my friend's going to get killed. So I got in between them, and the guy took a couple swings at me, and I bobbed under his punches, and I I hit him a couple times, and then I kind of did a hockey fight. I just kind of pulled his shirt up over his head, and I slammed his head into the hood of the, the car, and, um, of his car, you know the BMW, and then I threw him on the ground, and I, and, and he was face down. I got on his back, and I was just kind of smacking him in the back of the head. I wasn't hurting the guy; like I didn't want to like do any physical damage. I didn't want to put the guy in the hospital. And I just kind of smacking him in the back of the head, and he's like, "Stop it, stop!" You know, and these people were coming out. Oh my God, you're gonna kill him! Like get off of him and all this <laughs> stuff. And I said, "Dude, started it, you know." And um, but you know, it was basically just using basic boxing defense, you know, head movement. Oh, he did throw a kick at me too, right to my uh, kick to the beats kind of thing, kicking me in the groin, and, um, and I just, you know, s- stepped back and swept the kick out, and, and that kind of stuff. I think that's how I got him down. I'm not quite sure, I can't remember exactly, but but yeah, it was like, um, but basically mostly defense that I was doing, because I did not want to, you know, put the guy in the hospital. I didn't want to, you know, hurt the person, but I wanted to, to stop the the onslaught of the you know the, his fury, and you know being honked at, he wanted to kill somebody for being honked at. So I, you know, I basically just put him on the ground and kind of, you know, humbled him a little bit. And then uh, when when I I said to him at one point, like, "Are you done now?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm done." I said, "Okay, I'm going to let you back up, but I just want you to get back in your car and go home." And He got up and got in his car and left. But yeah, I was. Uh, but again, I was. It was all defense, really. Like I didn't really do much offensive kind of stuff i didn't want to hurt somebody i just wanted to you know make the situation go away
0: (laughs) kickboxing and martial arts are important even if you're not gonna go into the sport professionally just for self-defense just for health just for exercise absolutely all very important
1: yeah
0: um you have three children Mm -hmm. um cadence ewan and esme yeah occasionally you get some time to spend with them are you able to touch on what they mean to you and your life and have any of them followed followed in your footsteps of your love for music, uh passion for teaching and your dedication for martial arts?
1: Well it's funny because like the the oldest one was always the one that I thought was you know, she was such a snotty teenager and <laughs> all that kind of stuff, but just like looking at her phone all the time, making kissy faces at her phone and stuff. And I thought, oh my God, what the hell? What's going on here? Like, she's nothing like me. I don't know what the hell's going on. But now, she's like this beautiful, wonderful adult who is... And, you know, I've, I've always been a musician and, and I write songs and I, I uh, record. I, I'm actually a recording engineer as well. So I do recording and, you know, work in a studio. I built a studio and I record in there and all that kind of stuff. But... um you know, like I never really kind of pushed any of this stuff on my kids, not the martial arts, not the music. I just sort of let them go their own way. And uh, you know, she tells me one day, oh yeah, I'm playing in a, in a, in a pub this weekend. I'm, what do you mean you're playing in a pub? She's like, yeah, I, you know, I got a little mic and a, a crappy old guitar and I'm going to play some songs that I wrote. I'm like, you wrote songs? What? Who are you? You know? and. um and also, she, she went and got her uh, yoga instructors. Like she, she, she's qualified as a yoga instructor and a hairdresser. And I'm, I'm like, who is this person? Like, like, two years ago, you were like, this completely different person. And she's grown so much. And, and, um, and she follows in my footsteps with the music and with the you know, yoga instruction stuff. And like, I'm like, this is, this is absolutely amazing. And, and then my youngest, same thing. Like, she sends me a, a, an email one day, and she's like, oh, listen to this. I listened to this song, and she wrote this song at school with one of her teachers. His teacher wrote the the the, the melody and the, the the chord structure and stuff, and she wrote the, the the lyrics and the melody and the harmonies. And I'm like, oh my god, this is like absolutely fantastic! Like, how did you how did you get there? Like, how did you get, you know? Um, so yeah, I'm absolutely blown away by my kids. They're they're amazing, and they mean so much to me. And um, you know we've had our ups and downs and stuff like that, but you know I'm here for them all the time, and I try to I try to do activities like taking them horseback riding, uh, playing music with them, um, you know going on hikes with them and and that sort of stuff. And I find that that's that's my contribution to their to their upbringing is you know just being there for them and you know trying to set an example for them. Mm-hmm.
0: Are there any books that you've read that have influenced you or helped you? And were there any podcasts that you've listened to that really helped you get to where you are now?
1: So many podcasts. There's so many good podcasts out there, fitness stuff and nutrition stuff and motivational stuff. And um, I try to listen, I I end up listening to too much news, which, you know, is kind of depressing and frustrating. But other than the news, like, you know, there's there's just so much, like, podcasting, I think, has really opened up the world for a lot of people um so they can find what they want on podcasting uh they can they can start their own podcast and influence people in a certain way and you don't need a big corporation to to allow you to have a show you can just have a show either people like it or they don't like it and when they like it they, they're gonna you know grab onto it and they're gonna tell other people about it and um and it's going to you know there's so much help there there's so much you know just like even psychology stuff, even like emotional support stuff. There's just so much stuff in podcasting that's just fantastic. Hypnosis podcasts, uh, meditation podcasts, there's just so much. So yeah, I mean, the, the answer is like a billion. There's a billion mm. podcasts that I'm influenced by and that, that have helped me and stuff like that. Um, as far as books go, I read voraciously. I usually have a, like a textbook type of book um, and a couple novels going, like maybe one on audiobook and one that I... And I find them all really, really helpful. I've tried to get my kids into reading more because I think the reading opens up your mind, it opens up your vocabulary, uh, opens up your heart to different things, different cultures. There's just there's just so much, like I can't even, I can't say that one thing has influenced me more than another, they're just, um, but I think that it's really important to read. Like I've read, I've learned so much about, you know, different cultures I've learned so much about myself. I've learned so much about, um, you know, just about well, technical stuff. Um, and and you know, like I can't, I can't um, explain the the importance of reading to somebody who doesn't get it or doesn't know. I can only tell them that, man, get on the books, get on the audiobooks, get on the podcasts. You know, just start filling your brain, feed your brain, right and um, and the more you do um, the better life is just going to get for you
0: what would you say the biggest misconception about health and fitness is
1: um, the biggest misconception to me is uh, over diet and, and over exercise um, you know like there there's one um, podcaster um, I can't remember his name at the moment but he, he talks about like uh, he wrote the book calorie myth, the myth about calories, you know, like mm-hmm. you know uh, basically i I think of it as like, you know, say you have a car, a big old gas gasoline car, and you fill the gas tank up. Now you got like three hundred pounds of gasoline in the in the gas tank, you get a big, huge gas tank, and you think, well, all this extra weight in my car is slowing my car down causing me to burn more gas because the weight, the extra 300 pounds of gasoline that I have sloshing around underneath the car. Mm-hmm. So what I should do is I should drive to Kelowna and back, that'll burn off most of the gas. Now my car will be more efficient because I don't have as much gas in the car. Um, but then I'm going to have to fill up the gas tank again because the car won't run without gasoline. That's kind of what I think about calories. People tell you, well you got to take, you got to lower your calories, you got to do more exercise so you can burn more calories. But you burn those calories. You still have to fill the fuel tank back up. Uh, you burn those calories. Um, you know, it's like it's like burning off the gas that you need to, to, to function in your life. And then then you're walking around with you know, low gasoline. And what happens is, like literally, as you're lowering your calories and increasing your exercise, you're actually slowing your your metabolism down. Your thyroid stops to work as as efficiently as possible. So you know I try to tell people like when they're when I see them at the gym and they're they're coming to the gym five days a week six days a week they're doing like back-to-back you know cardio classes and stuff like that and they're not eating and stuff like that I said that'll work for you for a very very short time and you will destroy your metabolism mm-hmm. and um, you know my my wife had an eating disorder for a while and there was one point where she was eating you know 700 calories a day and working out of the gym three three hours like she had several different um, gym memberships because they would kick her out of one gym and she'd go to the other one and do another cardio class. And she started to put on weight. I have permission, believe, by the way, to, to, to disclose this, this story. But uh, she started to put on weight and she was going to her nutritionist and saying, what the hell, like crying and saying, "You know, what the hell, I'm gaining weight and I'm not eating. I can't live like this. Like, and I'm working out so hard and trying to, and the nutritionist said, well, you've destroyed your metabolism you know and this is what's going to happen this is you know this is the way and she said like you know maybe work towards more of an intuitive eating and there's there's books on intuitive eating um, learning how to you know what calories your body needs what foods your body needs um, how much exercise your body needs instead of trying to slam it and and try to hack it into submission because all you're doing is causing more problems and that's the thing that I've I've noticed I've, I've read every every book the rise on every diet i've tried every diet i've done lots of dieting for fights you know trying to burn calories and you know you know uh, dehydrate yourself and all these things that we go through as fighters right Mm -hmm. logan logan's done the same thing and it backfires on you you get you you um as soon as you've done your weigh-in you put on 20 pounds guaranteed every time and then you put on another 10 pounds after that and it, it just like this vicious cycle you're constantly fighting that weight when I started to let go of that mm-hmm. of that constantly, you know burning calories kinda of crap that I was doing I started letting go of that eating a little higher fat diet and not being afraid of fat and, um, and doing more realistic exercise doing more when I would do exercise instead of you know killing myself with cardio I would go in and do more you know, technical exercise, I'd hit the, the pads more, I'd hit the bag more, uh, do more drills that, that build the skills, right? And I'd get my exercise that way, and it wasn't a frantic need to burn calories, it was more, you know, working on my technique. And then I got better as a fighter, I got better as a coach, I got better, you know, I, I lost the friggin' weight that I was trying to lose instead of trying to kill myself burning calories, and, um, and I, and I, you know, I eat what I want. I eat often. I eat, you know, as much as I want, and I do as much exercise as I want. And you can see me. I've I've had the same weight, even with the cancer. You know, I've kept the same weight for almost 20 years now.
0: Interesting. Well, everything should be in balance with food, nutrition, yeah. everything, working out, everything. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Learned a lot about different advice, different tips and tricks on how to get where you want to go, and. It's been an honor. Thank you very well, much for coming It's on. been
1: an honor to, to do the podcast with you. And um, also, you know, I know I kind of go on a lot. Probably made it easy for you as an interviewer because <laughs> I tend to talk. Uh, but uh, but yeah, it's, it's I think it's a very helpful uh, podcast. And I think that people are going to get a lot out of the different interviews that you're doing.
0: Hopefully they do. Thank you mm-hmm. very much.
1: Excellent.